Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Thanks for listening this Tuesday, May 18th, 2021. Topics on today's episode include people's weariness towards Zoom meetings, my interview with Mike Klotz on how his wholesale channel is helping brokers and borrowers alike, and yesterday's action in the bond market. Thanks to Loan Depot Wholesale for sponsoring today's podcast. Loan Depot Wholesale is the third-party origination division of Loan Depot. With the financial strength of its parent company, Loan Depot, and a team of seasoned mortgage professionals with over 25 years of mortgage lending experience, Loan Depot Wholesale provides a fast, integrated, and seamless technology-based lending experience for business partners and their customers. It offers competitive pricing across an extensive suite of loan products, including conventional, FHA, VA, jumbo, and renovation loans. My dad was telling me that a guy he was talking to yesterday asked about his background. My dad gave him a detailed history of his upbringing, education, work experience, and why he gets up at 4 a.m. six days a week. Turns out the guy only wanted to know what was behind my dad on their Zoom call. (laughs) Seeing other mortgage folks in person in recent weeks has been very nice, and nearly everyone admits being more and more, quote, zoomed out, end quote, as the months have passed. J.P. Morgan Chase told U.S. employees that they are expected back to the office on a rotating basis by July. Chase is headquartered in Manhattan. But then we also have the story from earlier in May about how New York municipal employees are not happy about returning to office work. Period. What exactly does make city workers happy? Lenders and vendors around the nation are weighing options. No one wants anyone to become ill, whether or not requiring them to return to the office. And no one wants to be the defendant of a workplace lawsuit. For the links to those stories, as well as the latest on jobs and transitions, lender products and services, and company-sponsored trainings and events this week, visit robchrisman.com. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome on Mike Klotz, SVP of Sales at Loan Depot Wholesale. Mike, how are you doing? Good, thanks. I guess I wanted to start and say that aside from the lovely weather in Southern California, and uh, you being near to your NL West second place Dodgers. Hey, 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 hey. None of that. <laughs> what, what brought you to Loan Depot in the first place? What, what brought you to, uh, to be attracted to, to becoming the SVP of the Wholesale Channel and, and helping them uh, you know, experience huge growth in sales there? Yeah, so I knew uh, Jeff Walsh, who is kind of second in command of the entire enterprise right now and still is uh, over wholesale in general. Um, and when we were all at New Penn, I worked for him and then he had come over Loan Depot previous to them opening wholesale. And about a year and a half later, they decided to open wholesale up. And I, I knew of the company and I knew of their culture and I knew Jeff and he was going to run the wholesale channel at the time. And so it was really kind of an easy decision for me from a culture standpoint and from a company standpoint is I knew what their goal was and what they wanted to do. And they had a very clear vision for what wholesale wanted to be within the company. Uh, And it really fit what I was looking for just as far as a career path for me. So it was an easy decision for me to come over here when they decided to open up wholesale seven plus years ago. And a lot of the talk on recent interviews I've been doing for this podcast has been around how companies have advanced their tech stack or found all-in-one systems that, that really benefit the process, both from their side of things and for the borrowers. How does Loan Depot Wholesale leverage technology to improve the customer experience and shorten cycle times? 
Yeah, so I think everybody's kind of looking for that holy grail, right? They're looking for shorter cycle times and the best level of technology they can. But I think it's also important that you can't take out the customer service person aspect of it. Um, so we try to really keep all three in play in terms of maximizing the customer experience. So last year, we rolled out our new broker portal. Up until then, we had been working with our original broker portal, which was going on six plus years and kind of antiquated. And the goal was really to try to drive down the cost to originate, have faster cycle times and put control uh, of the entire process back in our broker's hands. So when we rolled it, there were certain things that were must-haves that we had to get in there. Disclosures online, allowing the broker to draw their own disclosures when they wanted, when they were ready to, versus having to wait on us. Uh, we implemented dual AUS so that the broker could pick whether LP or DU was the best fit for their borrower. That can drive the change of circumstance. They can order CDs. They can extend rate locks uh, and relock loans. So it was a lot of functionality that they used to have to email us or wait for us to be able to do things, but now they can do all that and drive that process on their own. It really puts the control in their hands and takes the control out of our hands and lowers our cost to originate because they're doing a lot of the work that we used to have to hire people to do. And then the other thing we've done, which I think a lot of companies have done, is offshore certain back office functions. It allows a couple of things, right? It's a lower cost to originate. You typically have people that are working on loans around the clock in some of these countries that are taking the offshoring of the business. You can have loans being worked on simultaneously and set up while it's being worked on uh, you know, overseas and being sorted out and split apart by somebody over there. So it really helps to just move that file through in a, a more seamless process. We're working on our own proprietary uh, underwriting engine, which is in pilot right now that we hopefully will be rolling out to the masses soon called Mellow Claire. Uh, it will take a certain subset of loans, you know, like W-2 only borrowers with bank statements uh, and not a lot of rental income or tax returns and allow us to get approvals on files in hours versus days. So that'll obviously improve cycle times, lower cost to originate, pass that savings on to uh, the customers in terms of better pricing out on the street. And then our portal also allows you uh, the ability to get digital validations on the portal, which just makes it a faster, easier process for everybody. The broker doesn't have to go to the customer and ask them to go dig up documentation from two years ago that they may or may not have easy access to. Uh, so again, it just allows them to get a file through the system faster. And then in addition to things like Mellow, Claire, how does Loan Depot Wholesale educate borrowers on new programs, industry news, technology updates, things of that nature? Yeah, so it's really a four-pronged approach that we take. Um, we have broker trainings that we do, and we post on our portal uh, where all of our approved clients can get in and see this. There's a training calendar posted there, and they can sign up for any of the broker trainings that they think is applicable to them. We have a broker training page and resource center also posted there uh, on our website, and they have certain job aids and videos of commonly asked questions and things that come up from a training perspective that they can go and look at and view and try to find help there. We also do a new weekly newsletter called What's New um, that gives not only LD updates, but industry updates as well. And then the last thing, which I think a lot of people probably do, it's the old blocking and tackling, right? It's the consistent communication via email marketing and AE-driven social media campaigns on things like LinkedIn. So I've actually heard through the grapevine that you have very phenomenal work ethic and you're also a competitive person. If you had to, I don't want to say toot your own horn for a second, but if you had to talk about how you think that's benefited brokers, what would you say? I think I'm always looking for ways to try to make the process better and make it easier for everybody and 
reduce the level of frustration. It's obviously very easy. It's a highly emotional business. It's very easy to get frustrated and get upset. And I think really the one thing I kind of pride myself on is trying to uh, remove those obstacles. I would rather move a file through and lose a little bit of money and keep everybody happy and then find the solution to the problem and figure out why it happened versus upsetting everybody and losing business. I hate to lose business. I don't want it to go somewhere else. I don't want to hear somebody has a better process or a better way of doing things or somebody would have done this. I want to keep that customer and I want to keep them for life. So I think I try to pass that along and instill that in people that work for me into the AEs. You can't make a bad mistake by making somebody happy. And I, I want everybody to kind of live by that credo. Yeah, I think those are very good words to live by. And for my millennial friends that are finally now uh, ready to buy homes, they've saved up down payments. I think they're really looking for a seamless process, an easy process, one that makes them feel good about it versus something that gets dragged out for a uh, much longer close or they get asked for documents multiple times or doesn't, doesn't seem like the, the company's on top of it. It's always that old credo, finish strong, right? Like whatever you do, make them feel good when you're done with it. Yeah. And in addition to some efficiencies that might really benefit younger borrowers, when I go to these mortgage conferences, which are starting up again, they're going from virtual back to in-person. I see a bunch of old people in suits, basically, with a, uh, <laughs> with a seasoned outside sales force across a broad footprint. How does Loan Depot Wholesale actually, you know, do you have plans to bring on younger people into the industry? Or are you focusing on that at all? Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, we talk about that a lot. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of getting up into that age bracket, right? I'm 53 now. And, you know, I kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel somewhere down the road. And I want to build something that's going to be sustainable. I don't want to build something that has a bunch of people that are my age or older that are all going to phase out and retire in five to eight years. And then there's nothing left. You don't leave a sustainable company. So that's kind of a legacy that I look at is What's Loan Depot going to look like five years from now, eight years from now, whenever I decide I'm going to retire? And is it going to be sustainable and is it going to be something that can grow? So with that in mind, we have a few things that we've done. So we started a portal support role, um, which is really an entry level type of position. And also our AUS desk kind of falls into that as well, where we hire people that are either out of college or have very little industry experience. They can come in, they can learn our portal. Uh, they can be online talking to brokers, talking to AEs, helping them to troubleshoot. They learn our internal system as well. And then same with the AUS desk. They're learning to run AUS. Uh, they're also in the portal and learning the portal functionality. And then from there, it kind of gives them a career path. They have a kind of a three-pronged career path. They can go from portal support and AUS into operations. They can go into the next role that I'll talk about, which is a sales coordinator type role. Or they can go in and be a junior underwriter and learn the underwriting side of the business because they already know AUS and how to read AUS findings. The sales coordinator role is another role that was created, and it's really a junior AE type of position. It allows the AE to go out and concentrate on soliciting business from their current clients as well as finding new clients to get business from. And the sales coordinator kind of is in the background answering questions, product questions, doing trainings. Uh, answering questions on approvals and conditions, following up on rate locks and making sure locks don't expire, all the stuff that would normally fall on an AE and kind of eat into their time to go out and generate business. And then from there, the sales coordinator has another path they could take. They could say, hey, I want to be a salesperson. Uh, if they're supporting someone who decides that they're going to retire or leave, they already know that customer base and they could go be an AE. If they decide that they don't want to wait for that, they could come and be an inside AE for us and call on the 9,000, 10,000 brokers out there that aren't approved with us and try to build a business that way. 
And then the other thing we're looking at that is uh, being worked on and built out right now is a project to do uh, kind of what we call our ACES program on our retail side of the business, which brings people in with no industry experience, college grad types, and build out a training program for them to teach them about the business from the ground up and ultimately move them into either a sales coordinator or an inside AE type position. So, you know, I know you talked about that on your uh, podcast probably a few weeks back, maybe a month or so about the aging out of the mortgage industry. Uh, and that's something I think that we, we need to take upon all of us to make sure that that doesn't happen. And we find a way to get younger people into this business to keep it growing and continue on. Well, it certainly sounds like here in several years, if your daughter or one of her friends said, is, is Loan Depot a good place to work? You could unequivocally say yes. And we've been focused on this for years and years. And, and we uh, think it's a very good idea. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it it's a it's a legacy you're leaving, right? It's, this is the last place that, God willing, I work at. Uh, I don't ever want to go anywhere. So they're going to have to probably drag me out kicking and screaming unless I decide to retire by myself. But I want to leave something behind. I want to make sure this business is thriving and continues to go on and continues to grow. And that's great because the legacy I'm leaving is just like every other millennial man I know, I've started a podcast. And uh, so I'm I'm really making my mark out there. Hey, this is good. It brings stuff like this out into the open. And if people listen to your podcast and hear that we're looking for people, it's a great way to get the word out. Yeah, certainly. And uh, thank you for coming on. I very much appreciate you making the time today. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was great. Yesterday in the markets, aside from Fed Vice Chairman Clarita and Atlanta Fed President Bostich saying that it is too early to talk about tapering asset purchases, which have totaled more than $2 trillion in the last 14 months, there is nothing to talk about. So I won't waste your time. But the Mortgage Bankers Association's latest forbearance and call volume survey revealed that the total number of loans now in forbearance decreased by 14 basis points to 4.22% of servicers' portfolio volume in the prior week as of May 9th. According to MBA's estimate, 2.1 million homeowners are in forbearance plans. Yes, lumber and copper prices are grabbing the headlines, but we have reached a point in this economic recovery where the data is being influenced by many variables making it more difficult for economists to predict how the reports will shake out. Retail sales were flat in April, after their big jump in March, which was not what economists were expecting, but still maintained their stimulus-driven gains and were 18% above their pre-pandemic high in February 2020. Big-ticket items remain difficult to acquire, as ongoing supply and labor shortages create backlogs, which are likely to continue in the near term. We also learned last week that industrial production increased by 0.7% in April, although it would have likely been a bit higher if not for the headwinds facing the global supply chain as demand for finished goods is still very strong. The gap between labor supply and demand was highlighted by the fact that the job openings rate was a record 5.3% in March, while the hiring rate was 4.2%. In a move to encourage more potential workers back to work, nine states have moved to reduce the enhanced unemployment benefits enacted during the pandemic. Glancing at today's economic calendar, we've had April housing starts, down 9.5% to 1.569 million, ouch, and building permits, in at 1.76 million, as expected. Later today, markets will receive more remarks from Atlanta Fed President Bostich and Dallas Fed President Kaplan. The New York Fed will be in for a modest $4.5 billion maximum of MBS purchases across UMBS 15, 1.5% and 2%, and UMBS 30, 2% and 2.5%. We begin the day with agency MBS prices, as well as the 10-year both unchanged. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. At what point can we just start using 2020 as profanity? 
as in, that's a load of 2020, or what in the 2020, or apps of 2020 lootly. <laughs> Thanks again to Loan Depot Wholesale. Loan Depot Wholesale strives to build successful long-term relationships with its origination partners. Its goal is to be your lender of choice by providing an exceptional lending experience through quick, dedicated, and responsive services and integrated technology solutions. Getting approval as a partner is quick and easy. Get started today by going to www.ldwholesale.com and click on Become a Partner. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.